This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. Her name is Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot. I was part of an organization of young people all working to free the wealthy and the burdened of their possessions. We were so manipulated. We were taken out of everything we had known. We were always forced into situations that were dangerous for the sake of others to fill other people's pockets, not our own. Zero, we have to go back. We have to stop Fagin. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at the LaRoche grave, we're having a funeral of sorts. Drops an item into one of the open caskets near him. He took the gold locket and ring from her dead mother, that devil. Maybe Rose? She gives you a warm smile and her eyes kind of look down and, and they catch sight of the map that you've been drawing. I'm looking for people to work together to take down a monster. What do you know of Fagin's potion shop? So the three of you are now sitting at a table with this older rabbit folk uh, by the name of Rose, and she has just asked you, what do you know about Fagin's potion shop? Awen looks over at Penny. Yeah, Bertram would look at Penny also. Penny just kind of stares at her hands in her lap and kind of nervously playing and doesn't look rose in the eye and just kind of goes yeah i'm i'm familiar i'm familiar with it i may have i may have seen it at some at some point why why do you mention that person's potion shop she kind of tilts her head at you and then shrugs i'll cut to the safe i'm looking for people who have certain skills and are willing to hmm, complete a task. This, this man, Fagin, even if you've only maybe heard of him, and she kind of raises an eyebrow at you, even if you've only heard of him, you've probably heard what a monster he is. Penny immediately looks up and makes eye contact with Rose. 
So you have heard. One could say, yeah. How monstrous he is. I'm, I'm sorry, Rose. I mean, we're practically strangers to you. Do you always speak so bluntly to strangers who walk into your shop? It is super weird. Talking about enemies of this town and you're, you're already recruiting us? I, I mean, I like your tea. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, but I don't even know you. Why should I trust you? The same question could be asked, why should I trust you? And We're not asking for your trust. I'm here to drink tea. <laughs> Is that all? Or do you always draw maps when you have tea? I'll have you know we are renowned cartographers. Renowned. <laughs> Penny, Penny just kind of looks at both them and kind of just nods like, gives the kind of like, hold on hands and just says Rose's esteem known for her kindness and generosity in this town and the or in this part of town she is someone I think we can trust and and then she turns to Rose and says and we trust you enough how do I want to say this why don't you tell us more about what kind of skills you're looking for? What is the situation? What do you need help with? Well, it seems maybe you know enough, but for you two compatriots, look, in this city, orphans are often picked up by, by this Fagan, right? He's an oily, slippery bastard, but, and he has his hands in much of the underworld of the city. But he primarily runs his money and dealings now under the guise of a, of a potion shop near, near the center of town, right, right by the rundown church. Now, I've, I've been managing to get a few of the kids out from under his influence this past year. But he's grown more paranoid and tightened his watch as of last month. I don't know why. It's, it, it's like he has more wealth, he has more influence, he is taking up with new people. And because of that, I've been unable to help any of these younger ones get out. Some of these poor young ones aren't going to make it in this life. And I have every reason to believe that Fagan is involving them in more than just the usual gossip-mongering and pickpocketing. I'm not saying that I want you to do anything underhanded like, like kill him. I, the truth is, I, I don't know you that well. I, I don't know if you could take him and, and his cronies. What I want, however, is Fagin out of business. I do not want him to take a job ever again. If we're going to put him out of business, make sure he never has any more jobs, what's in it for us? I mean, it's, it's nice to do a good thing for these young ones. But I mean, we don't just roll into town looking for charity work. 
Sadly, that is what I have been finding a lot of. Very few people are wanting to help. But look, if you, if you, if you accept this, I cannot handsomely reward you, but my idea is the way to get them out of business is to take what he loves most. That is his ale. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying you need to run this city dry. I'm saying it, in addition to ale, it's, it's, his, it's his treasure. Oh, oh, that's not how she... Hey. If his feather... Oh my God, that is a hard word to say with a lisp. If his treasure... <laughs> no, I'm going to go with something else. If his jewels, his money, and his potions... If you, if you feel it all, if you take it, clean him out, that will ruin him. And whatever loot you get from his hoard, I'll split it with you. Rose, I don't mean to be rude, but maybe we could talk about this as a, a, a group sans the shop owner for yeah. maybe a hot minute. Rose, would you give us a moment? Let me let me talk to the let me talk to these two. Sir, sir, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she like laboriously rises. Her little old bones are like creaking. <laughs> she goes, um, and she she hobbles away. Penny turns to A1 Bertram and says, "Look, I know it's a strange. She's a she's a strange old bird, but so weird. She she has been really helpful to a lot me and a lot of the other kids in the past who live in this area. It is." Not a friendly place. It is not a child-friendly place. And she is. Uh, there's been many a cold night where she hands out tea, biscuits, food, stew, whatever you'd have it, just to make sure that we, we stay alive. So this, uh, maybe there's something underhanded here, but to my ear, it sounds like we all want the same thing. If we want to figure out Fagan's role with the, and then she just points at her hand, um, we could... It seems like this is right in line. We might as well just work with her, who has more information about this area. I don't know. What do you two think? You mean you? I mean you. You know her. Like you. You go way back. Yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. But yes, I. She, I'm a, she I know acted of her. like she. She acted like she didn't even know you. Yeah, like she a didn't stranger. say hello or say your name. What? I've grown. I've changed. It's a small town. I, I, there's a lot of kids here running around, dirty or like urchin children running around. I blend in with them. That doesn't matter. What matters is I can vouch for her, and I think that she's the best chance we have at getting a little more connected in this world and getting to the bottom of what Fagan's up to. I don't know if she's one to keep secrets because she just wanders up to anybody else who's drawing on a napkin and then spills their guts. They're supposed to partner with this person we don't even know. I thought you were our inside person. Fair. I haven't been here in a while. I think we need a little more help. We can always use a little more help. And I, I, I'll vouch, I vouch for her. I think she's trustworthy. Did the note that we got from Dodger, it said, it said Fagan's name? It said... Fagan's name to is give Fagan I've been earful. saying Fagan the whole because I've told you guys that Fagan was. We've heard about to me. Fagan, yeah. And, right. and Charlie already reported to us that Fagan was dealing with that the weapons deliveries from Il Deef, Chateau Deef. It's not what it's Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo. I, I keep calling <laughs> right. it the actual And that he was name. like abusing, and that he was like even like more so abusing the children. It's because bad. Charlie was saying like you have to go like save the, like go help the children. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just a bad situation. Yeah, the, and the note you, you found, yes, it mentions Fagin's name, and it also mentioned Rose's name. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it did. Oh, you're right. He took the gold locket and ring from her dead mother, that devil. Maybe Rose? So she must... Oh, wait, am I doing that in character? Or am I not? I'll, I should, I'll jump back into character. Err... I don't know. Are we in character or not in character right now? I don't even know. I'm fine with I you, was, you talking either way right now. Um, you're going to have to. What you just said, Aaron, was not in character, right? About like the notes. Right. I'm going to say no. Okay, okay. I think I grabbed that letter. So I'll, I'll, I'll pull out of my out of my pocket or out of my bag and kind of look at it. And I'll point to the name Rose that I, that I remember seeing on here. When I talk when, in Charlie's letter that says maybe Rose question mark. And so I think I'd show that to them and be like, well, this, this letter here by Charlie mentions Rose. Maybe, maybe she is trustworthy. Um, maybe we could ask her what she knows about Charlie. And I don't know, if she, if she brings us into the fold, then maybe she can also help equip us or give us other people who knows what is where and ways to blend in, perhaps. I, I suppose it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it seemed like Dodger's probably trying to double-cross Fagin with Rose or something like that. I don't know. I mean, Penny, if you... I know how how big of a number Fagin did on you, and just to pay that sucker back for that alone is kind of worth it. Wow, thanks, thanks guys. I guess this is, this is what it's like to be in, like, a gang, but, like, a good one. People actually have your back. Thanks. Okay, so, so I guess I, I guess Bertram then would would gesture back for Rose to come back over to the table. Rose, come come back and, and bring a, a chamomile with you, please, oh. uh, as you come back. Oh, right away, right away. And you see her, you see her disappear into the back and shuffle around, and hear some like clanking. She comes out with uh, just a fresh small pot. <sighs> Right? She just... It's like me me sitting down these days. Just my bones. Uh, and she settles down. So? What do you think? Do you know... Charlie? Are you... Are you working with Charlie? Charlie who? I'm sorry, didn't catch the last name. Um, Charlie. Uh, Mr. L- a really small fellow, whines a lot, has a, has a funny little accent about him. A uh, little dirt on the face. You know, Charlie. You're going to have to be a little more specific I wonder, than that. I wonder if Penny would know his last name. Charlie Bates? Are you familiar with Charlie Bates? Oh, Charlie. Of course. You know, he bit my finger once. Just okay. once. Okay. And that's all it took. I had to do it once. Okay. Get me this. <laughs> I haven't okay. seen him in so long. I, I, w- I was getting worried. Do you know? Do you know Charlie? Char- Charlie is somewhere safe. Charlie's good. He's in a better place. And that's not like an otherworldly dead kind of other place. He's somewhere actually a lot better with people who are looking after him. Charlie's he's busy being annoying, but he's safe. Her shoulders relax a bit. Mm-hmm. So you okay? So you know Charlie. So then you must know, and I gesture towards Penny. You must know Penelope. Then 
Yes. I I do not know any Penelope. Ber- Bertram, I have I haven't been around. Okay, just like drop it. But no, no, I, I'm sorry. There wait, must be some wait. kind of confusion. Didn't, didn't Charlie you call said you that you, zero? Oh, zero. I mean, maybe she went by zero. Maybe that's another name. But and I mean, I looked up. I look at Penelope, kind of just confused. It's like you said that you know her. Uh, Penny, um, just like her head is in her hand. She's like, I've been around. It's fine. Zero. Um, that's the name I haven't. Well, how how long has it been since you have been in That's in fair. Old Smoke? And I feel like we talked about that I left and I immediately went on the Frankenstein journey. Right. But I don't so, think that's accurate. I think it has to have been at least a year, like a year or two. Okay, just like kind of traveling and getting out of town. Mm-hmm. And you're you're seventeen? Is that what you said? I'm you, no, she's over eighteen. You're nineteen. Oh, that's right. 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 Trying to keep this real so safe. It makes the inappropriate right? jokes a little bit more appropriate. Exactly. That's right. uh, then she would react with something more like zero. That that's a that's a name. Hello, Faith. I haven't seen in a while, but no, this isn't. You aren't zero, are you? If this were a noir film, Penny would just pull it back into the, like the shade, like the the like shade shadows. So like she's sort of uh, hidden a little bit, and she just nervously uh, fidgets. So she's like, "Yeah, it's it's me, zero. I've it's just it's been a while. I, I've changed. It's it's fine. I'm 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 just I'm in town for a minute. I don't really need anyone to know. I'm just." Here to help. What? Well, how, Rose? How can we help you? Zero. Do you know how much of a risk you're taking by coming back, especially looking as you do? And right now, she's looking you squarely in the face, like it's, it's as if, like, well, actually, would would all three of you roll a, an intuition for me? What, I, what do insight. I always call intuition? Insight. <laughs> one of these days I'm going to get this right. I have a negative one for that, but I rolled a nat 20. Oh, nice. It's a 21. Dang. Damn. Everyone's so insightful. 18. It's at this moment that all three of you, the way that she kind of steeples her fingers and is, is looking very acutely and sharply at you, Penny... You see, like, this woman, however feeble-bodied, she's very sharp, and she's starting to reveal some of her hands and is not surprised whatsoever that she's addressing somebody by the name of Zero mm-hmm. or that she is addressing someone who looks as Penny does. Um, <sighs> Penny just sighs and looks down at her hands and kind of stares at them for a minute, kind of playing with them nervously, and says... And she looks, and then she, and then she looks back up and says, "Yes, I always have another choice, but it's not one I want to make. I I don't want these kids to go through the same things I did." You always were a softy. Uh, Penny just again looks down. It's like, "What? No, shut. You were. Were you about to tell an old woman to shut up?" <laughs> I regretted it. Shut up, Granny. God, what do you know? Ugh, Get out of here. God. <laughs> so embarrassing. You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. So, 
Vero or Penny. Do I take it you want to help take Fagin down? Yes, please. What about your friends? If Penny's going along, I'm going along. Yeah, Bertram is a he's Bertram's picking up a lot of stuff, and I think he he he's prone to put his foot in his mouth a lot and to speak out and to point out things that he's seeing, like like just verbally processing everything. Like he's just does he something's going on with the pink hands, and he overheard even Charlie say like, "Why are you still looking like that?" And this person with zero and the name and. I think he's like quietly putting everything together. So I, I think he's just sitting and 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 thinking and drinking his tea. He's not really. He's kind of his. He's kind of looking off into the distance right now, like trying to process everything. Okay, Ro- Rose then definitely like reaches up and and taps your shoulder. What about you? Oh, oh, where where they two go, I also go. So. Yes, uh, where, where, wherever that leads, wherever we need to to save, whatever these these you know, save the, the children, of course, whatever whatever needs to be done. As soon as you say that, she's like, "Good," and she quickly reaches in her pocket and hands each of you a vial of golden liquid. You'll want to take this within the next three minutes, so you don't forget anything. Damn. I might be kind, oh, but shit. I'm not a gambling woman. Oh. Okay. That's pretty badass. Oh, I thought she was like maybe poisoned us. And so it was like, here's the antidote or something. No. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> no, she's not going to kill you. She will erase your memory. Penny throws it back nonchalantly like she's done this before. <laughs> Respect. And he knocks it back as well after Penny. Mm-hmm. Bertram, Bertram tries to contemplate how she would erase like my memory hard drive, uh, but just downs it. <laughs> Doesn't want to overthink things. He remembers what happened to Awen when he thought he was immune to poison and Frankenstein. <laughs> and then, he, and then that didn't out. work out That's for him. <laughs> Science overcoming magic. But seriously, so she, just, she also looks yeah. at you like she kind of shrugs her shoulders like, uh? mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I drink it. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna risk it. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman, and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. 
The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. We're recording right now. Like, hey everyone, all I want are fries right now. There you go. <laughs> no, like I really want fries. I'll go get you fries, you little pregnant. <laughs> I'm going to kill the AC. When you get the AC turned off, you can start doing your thing. Okay. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey guys, it's me, Kate, your master teacher. I am here at the break to say a very big thank you for listening. We are so happy you're here. You guys are the lifeblood of this podcast, and we would not be doing it without you, without your encouragement, without your support, without seeing you guys pop on here and listen and share. So thank you from the bottom of my little English teacher heart, I am so appreciative of you supporting this, not even just the side hustle, but this this passion project of mine that I get to do with some of my closest friends. Uh, I would also like to invite you to reach out to us. I'd love to hear from you. You can email us through Gmail. We're show at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. Our handle is at show, And on there, you can just say, hey, and say, what's up? Or you can even share uh, any funny gifts that you've found lately or anything that's making you wonder about the world at large. It doesn't have to be podcast related necessarily, but you can also give us suggestions, suggestions for character ideas, suggestions for world building, suggestions for homebrew content, uh, homebrew content that you haven't seen yet. We want to hear it from you. We'd love to incorporate it into our storytelling. I would also like to invite you to leave us a rating and review. You can do so on Apple iTunes and on a lot of platforms uh, which you can listen to this very podcast on. But by doing so, by leaving us a rating and a review, which takes a mere 30 seconds to do, honestly, it helps push us forward and it really, and it really validates the work that we're putting into this project. And so by really for you to leave a few words, click on stars or however many that you want to put on there, it bumps us up on an algorithm that allows more people to realize that we exist, that we're here, and we want them to listen alongside you. So if you would take a few moments to do that, I want to say thank you for that as well. And I will be sharing for this episode's rating and review. It comes from a user by the name of Windy City Drew. Thank you, Drew. Andrew says, great cast that has great chemistry. However, I don't trust this robot butler guy. <laughs> he must be alluding to Bertram. Yes, I know there's something awkward about that birdie bot. <laughs> but thank you so much, Drew. I really appreciate your, your rating. So remember, guys, leave us a rating and review. And we'll read it at the halftime on this show, and you'll get to hear your own words as well. Okay, that's enough of me, you guys. Let's get back to the show and find out what happens next in this Oliver Twist adventure. 
shall we? Everybody good? Ready to go? So we drink a vial of golden liquid. Is that what it was? Yeah. It's beautiful. We drink it piss. Pee. Was it piss? Wow, we went really different directions on that. <laughs> but you went to Felix. The, I went Felix the, yeah. Felicis. What, uh, what do you think gold liquid? Why do you immediately think piss? Think pee. You could have at least gone beer. I live in the real world. It's pee. Oh, that is I true. like how the two guys in here go like some bodily fluid. Wow. Sexist Sexist. Sexist She's much? She's just noticing what happened. It's an availability heuristic. Deal with it. All right. So you, you have just agreed to working alongside Rose to take Fagan down. She's handed you a liquid vial of, of golden antidote to uh, something that could have erased your memories. Um, thereby was her, her fail safe for that. So you look outside and it, it's... The, the sky is starting to darken and near the evening time. What would you like to do? I don't know why. I thought, I thought it was the middle of the night already. It's... No, it was in the morning when you got there. But we can even just assume like the amount of time that you guys have been talking to Rose, talking to each other. Perhaps you've passed Oh, you're right, because we, we slept. We slept in the, in the yeah. mortuary. I gave you you're guys right, a right. nice rest. <laughs> hey, Penny, you're right. Penny, what? How do we get? How do we get to the graveyard from here? Don't don't we have to? Isn't there a funeral like tonight? We, we those those two lads who came down the I think their names are Dolger and Brittles. They were talking about uh, there was a, a funeral tonight. Uh, I believe it was seven p.m. at the Laroche grave. Wh- whatever that means. Yeah, uh, Penny's kind of lost in thought for a minute, just thinking about everything that went down in there and Rose's warning, which. She had thought about, but now she's really thinking about. Um, Penny goes, um, so she's kind of lost in that. She's like, yeah, yeah, LaRoche. Um, yeah, just, it's this way. And just immediately just like side turns and leads him down a, uh, an alleyway um, in the direction of the, because um, I believe the church is near the, is near the graveyard, correct? Well, the church is at the center of the, t- of the, of the church Dickens, is the center. that part the of the graveyard. Town. The graveyard's the on graveyard, the edge, correct? The, the graveyard's at the edge, uh, at the small corner of the park, at that border the between side. the Dickens and Charleston. So right. it, it yeah. would kind of be on the edge. Yeah, well, she, she leads him down an alleyway to, uh, which is her back way towards the graveyard. Do you know that w- w- when you were growing up, was this LaRoche grave, was this a, a meeting place of sorts that you all would, would, would gather at? I don't know how to answer this because I don't know what the intention of this funeral is going to be, right? Like, is this an actual funeral? I don't know what the, the, sorry, this is just Kimmy. I don't know what's about to happen, so I can't speak to whether this is a legit funeral thing or if this is a meeting. Um, I guess so. I don't know how to move forward on that. You could roll history or so you could ask if you can roll history mm-hmm. about your own yeah. personal history. Yeah. Anytime you guys want right. to check on the background of something, you can ask me to roll for it and I can give you something to roll. And yeah, I would say history awesome. is a good one for this. Let me roll history then. Uh, 17. Uh, so you, you know, in response to this, you would know that no, you guys did not gather at grave sites uh, before this. This must be something newer since you have left. 
just Mm -hmm. as the kind of like the side business of transport through the coffin business uh, Mm -hmm. is something newer as well. But there's something about the LaRoche name that is just like tickling at the back of your mind, but you can't quite put a finger on it. Got it. Okay. Then, yeah, I think the way Penny would try to communicate that is just saying, um, no, this is, this is new. That's why this is a lot of this is new. I just didn't think there would be this much change. Something's, something's up. Something's up. And she just kind of mutter, keeps muttering to herself and just like barrels forward towards the graveyard. Penny. And he looks back, Bertram, we're about to go in. We don't know where we're going. Okay, I mean, Penny, you know where we're going, but maybe we should proceed with some caution. Be a little stealthy. It just so happens that I have some cool druid shit that we need to check out because we're in the city. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to remember. Uh, yeah, this can, is where your circle of civilization I'll, I'll, comes in yeah, handy, Aaron. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Can I... Um... I don't know if, like, as we're walking through, could I do as like a general perception of like the mm-hmm. area and yeah. like the streets? Like, yeah. is this a kind of an area where is everyone kind of looking over their shoulder or eyeing people? Are people making eyes at us? Like, I'm trying to see if like are 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 we sticking out like a sore thumb? Are we seeing other children who are kind of scurrying around, kind of doing their work amongst us? I'm, I'm kind of just. I think Bertram was just kind of looking and trying to soak it up from what he's heard and what he sees. Yeah, go ahead and roll a perception for me. Uh, 15. So you notice as you're following closely behind Penny that she's definitely taking you through a well-worn route from the tea shop to the cemetery. So it isn't as populated. You're not on the main roads. Um, but you, the small glances that you can see through the alleyways toward the main roads, it is, as the, as the night is coming on and it starts to get darker, and you see these gas lamps start to go on on the corners, that the haze reveals less and less people. And the closer you draw to the edge of the Dickens, uh, toward where the, the park that separates the Dickens from Charleston and then the cemetery on the edge of that as well, that the crowd thins even more. And so you are able to see furtively in the shadows, you know, some children. Uh, looking through waste bins, chasing each other. Um, You don't really see, it doesn't seem as if people even pay attention to you, but they, they are keeping their heads down and moving with purpose to wherever they are as if they do not want to be outside on the streets in the open within the next couple of hours. I think Bertram just... All the talk of like street urchins who would like steal and pickpocket, maybe. I think he's t- definitely taking his like a shoulder bag and like putting it like a, like a tourist <laughs> or whatever, is putting it over his chest and like hugging it as he's walking because he does not want someone to like pickpocket him or steal, steal his things as he's walking. He's definitely ho- ho- holding everything tightly in, not, not, not really trusting anyone right now, it feels like. Okay. So yes, you, you do. You, you leave behind the very last uh, building and you approach this, what looks like it's, it's not decrepit. It is, it is actually pretty well kept compared to the rest 
of the city that you have been traveling through with a gilded iron gate and a, a brick wall surrounding the edge of it. And through the entrance, you can see crypts and mausoleums, uh, very well decorated, very well maintained. And it is very clear that although this is near a rough side of town, that those who frequent this area and those who utilize this take care of it and take pride in it and are definitely from a nicer area. So do you go through that front gate? Do you, how, how are you going to enter and head towards the uh, LaRoche family crypt? They get to the front gate and then Penny says, come with me. And then they go around the side and at this, um, around the side, still on the Dickens side, there's a very large tree growing um, near the sidewalk and it overhangs into the uh, cemetery wall and that's just going to be the easier way in. So Penny just brings everyone over towards the back. Um, She turns to them and says, the LaRoche grave is closer on this end and this is an easier way for us to get in. And so she then shows them, she climbs up the tree um, over a branch and then over the wall. If you want me to roll for it, I can or you can just believe me that I'm sneaky. Oh, no, my dear. I would like all three of you to roll for this. Ha. And you know what? You can, you can roll stealth for this. I think it would be pretty straightforward. I'm not going to have you do anything like acrobatics or anything like that for climbing a tree. I can do either of those. Well, that's a bummer. Mm. Ten. Sixteen for me. Oh, another natural twenty. Ding. My goodness, you climb up that like a How un-Bertram of him I know. to actually do it. I know, you just like a spider. A twirl in like the a air. Like spi- a panther and a spider, if they combined, you have the, the silky stealth of one and the, the agile climbing of the other. Spanther. Uh, let's have that as a, a homebrew monster. So you, yeah, you easily climb. Awen, you do the same. Penny, however, I don't know if it, it could be because of just your altered mindset or you're, you're completely focused elsewhere um, and dreading any potential run-ins here, but you, your footing slips slightly and maybe even one of your compatriots who's you know, on, behind you, they have to steady you. And you know, after a moment's hesitation, you also climb over. It's almost like I haven't done this in this body before. <laughs> maybe. Okay, so, so you guys uh, are coming up on the grave, and since you're coming from the side and not the main point, uh, it's going to be easier then to find a spot. So as you also come up, uh, you see two familiar figures at a very ornate uh, collection of graves with a family crypt behind it that says in marble, LaRoche over it in, in beautiful flowing script as well, just embellished there. And then a collection of family graves with um, painted faces of the of the loved ones on top of the tombstones. So it, you you see two familiar figures though gathered around one of the graves in particular, um, freshly dug up, uh, and it, it's that of the the two that you had seen down in the the crypt the in the moratorium, and that is the gnome uh, Dodger and the Minotaur named Brittles. So where would you guys like to, to hide yourselves? Or are you coming out in the open? How do you approach this situation? 
This is where I me as your DM, have. I have no idea what to expect now. <laughs> I shimmy down the tree and I, I like, I find a bush. Yeah, I would immediately scurry to to hide behind something, maybe a particularly large uh, headstone or tombstone or whatever, and try and like crouch down below that. So, and as I'm kind of trying to peek over that uh, at them as I'm watching quietly, it's a much better idea than a bush. No, bush is great. No, you stay in the bush. I mean, I'm in the bush, (laughs) but I'm wishing that I was behind that nice (laughs) headstone. Yeah, Penelope finds just a very simple headstone, like, you know, r- like rounded headstone and kind of is sitting with her back to it listening and able, she's able to kind of peek around occasionally. So okay. she's hiding behind that listening. Okay, great. And so from your vantage points, you see the two of them have, you know, recently dug up this grave. Um, and um, as the coffin is lying there, they prop it open and what they are pulling out are much the same things that you were seeing being uh, constructed in Chateau d'If. You're, you're seeing them pull out weapons. You're seeing them pull out armor and other goods and setting them to the side as if preparing for transport. Um, and so at this point, as they are finishing up, you hear the creaking of wagon wheels. And coming up from the main drive is a horse-drawn carriage. And it's definitely one of those where it is almost gaudy. It's almost one of those where, you know, when people come into some money and they really want to show it off. And so they, they buy yes. like cars with a little what bit too extra of embellishments, you know. <laughs> so it's like one of those where it's like somebody not only has the ability to have a horse drawn carriage in, in this part of town, but they make sure that it is embellished to to display a certain type of wealth that perhaps is unnecessary and so it slowly rolls to a stop and uh, the window you know props open like kind of from the bottom from the bottom and you hear this voice emit well finally didn't want you to be waiting for me too long, my dears, my dears, but you don't mind sleeping them on the coffins, I suppose. It doesn't matter whether you do or don't, for you can't sleep anywhere else. Now come, don't keep me here all night. And so they immediately start loading onto the back of the carriage uh, the items which they took out of the coffin. And Penny, you see a flash at that window, and there... Close before you, so close that if you were to pop up from your position and reach out, you could almost touch him before you were to start back. But with his eyes peering from that gilded carriage, there sits Fagin, and his scowling features are white with a strange mixture of fear and rage that you have seen time and time again. Would you roll a wisdom save for me? Oh no. How pink is Penny gonna get? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. it's night. <laughs> I, I got a 20. You got a 20? Okay. So you are, yeah, you're barely holding it together now. And so the, the fuchsia does not spread. You set that high. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's Fagin, right? So exactly. yeah, you're, the, the fuchsia does not 
spread um, for you, but you do have enough of a wherewithal to notice that um, there is somebody else in the in the cabin with him. Someone else is seated in the carriage, um, and he has kind of an arm around as if protective, but clawed in a way that you remember as as one of those where it would be that that double-edged sword of how he would treat you where he would pretend to be your protector and yet he's really your captor dang new hyena abusive relationship (laughs) you can't get a good view as to who it is because they're shorter Mm -hmm. uh child size but uh you you do see that there is someone in there with him and so they, they quickly uh, start packing up and they finish and they've barely, you know, they've barely uh, completed their task of loading onto this carriage um, when you hear the snap of a whip and the carriage lurches forward and back out the main drive. Does Dodger and Brittles go with them in, in the, they help load it up and then hop on the thing with them? Yes. Okay. So they leave it um, undone, almost as if maybe there's going to be a cleanup crew later on or something. Um, But all you're left with in the settled dust of this carriage is this unearthed coffin that is open and empty. Well, Penny takes basically like exhales, like she didn't wasn't breathing that whole time. It kind of pops out behind her headstone and then slowly walks over in front of the LaRoche uh, family tomb. Yeah, I'll, I'll join her over there. Mm-hmm. And just a sort of staring down into the empty coffin. Awen sneaks over by a headstone near them with his, with, but hang, with, but hanging out, with his sword out. He's ready. <laughs> with his sword out. Okay, I'm going to ask Awen and Bertram, please roll a perception check for me. It's a 22. I've been so... Per- oh, nice. I've been so perceptive, but I finally rolled a, an unnatural one on that one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I would say for this, like, to explain that, perhaps, Bertram, you're just so focused on Penny. You're only, like, really looking at her, maybe looking down yeah, I'm more, at Yeah, I'm coffin. more gauging her reaction. I'm more kind of gauging her reaction and what she's doing as I'm still kind of processing everything as opposed to maybe the area around me. But Awen... You, with your sword out, not wanting to really go anywhere near this coffin, your eyes scanning all around you, and they take in these ornate graves one by one, and as your eyes flit from one to the other, they finally land on the, the headstone looming over this now dug-up gravesite and empty coffin. And you, you keep going on, and then your eyes swivel back and kind of widen. Because first, you see a familiar name. Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot. Oh, shit. What? (laughs) But then your eyes go a little higher, and you see that the beautiful cameo that is painted into the headstone is the exact spitting image of your friend standing in front of it. Awen's just looking at the gravestone, and he looks over back at Penny. And he looks back. Bertram. Bertram. Look at the... Mm, yeah. Look at the, gra- yeah. look at the gravestone right there, man. What? Wait, Penny, what? 
Yeah, I would, I would, I would pull an. I, I think I would, I think I would pull a dagger out at this point and point <laughs> it in her direction. Oh no! <laughs> Unexpected. Who or what are you? The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. One foot after another. That's all I can do. That's all any of us can do. I was remote ops in the war. Neural implants let me control trucks, drones, whatever you got. Now I'm back and all these government issue prosthetics are falling apart. What the hell are you doing in my barn? I'm just looking for a little power, and then I'll be on my way. That'll be Arlen Frey. He must have seen you on the drone feeds. Who is he? The meanest son of a bitch with a badge. Broken Road. A dystopian audio drama coming Monday, July 25th, 2022 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you like to listen. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Broken Road Pod. Learn more at www.recursor.tv forward slash Broken Road. <laughs>